We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church in Eden. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. I, I, uh, I thank you all for being out tonight for our last vision night of the year. And what a year it has been. It's been a great year. Many things to celebrate, many things to uh, get excited about. Lots of people have been saved. We've had some great, exciting baptisms. Uh, we've seen lots of different areas in the life of the church grow. And uh, from, from, from mine and Desiree's point of view, I, uh, we're really excited about the season that we're in and, and I guess what we're going into, um, not just because it's summer. <laughs> but I think as a church as well, we're, I, I'm really excited about it. We're, we're, we're a decent-sized church um, for church sizes, uh, not for what God's plan is for New Zealand or the rest of the world. Um, and, and there's always more. Uh, you, can be trust, you can be reassured that uh, Desiree and I are believing for always more. We, we, I don't know if I don't know if anyone has ever got. To, I don't even know if like Pastor Craig Rochelle has ever got to the point where oh no that's enough. Uh, you know it's currently like was it seventy eight thousand people, twenty seven churches. That guy, you know, he he's a great podcast by the way. If you if you're looking for people, Kerry Newhoff as well, just throwing some podcasts out there, leadership ones. Um, but I think, you know, we're, we're in a good season. Um, some things are changing, um, not because things have been bad, but just because change is, is sometimes good. And, um, you know, and so we're really excited. Tonight I want to um, uh, try and get through some stuff, and then near the end uh, I want to I just share the, a bit of the vision that we have um, for who we are as a church Hopefully, it's not a surprise. <laughs> Amen. Um, we, we, uh, um, I, I like to think that we're we're a train rather than a car. You know, a car can change directions pretty quickly. You know, but in, in my view of leadership and where we need to take the church, I think uh, a train is a good example. Um, whatever speed that train wants to go, I'm happy with. But at least it's going in one direction. And I think that's important when it comes to church leadership that we don't chop and change things around from a vision point of view a whole lot. And so I'll share a little bit of that vision later on. But I want to I start by finishing the year off um, uh, with encouraging you. And I want to encourage you through the scriptures of Matthew chapter 25 and verses 14 to 30. Some of you may know that reference already. It's the reference of the parable of the talents. And, uh, and I hope you just haven't subconsciously gone, oh, another stewardship message. <laughs> and, oh, uh, well done, good and faithful servant. Or you wicked and lazy person. <laughs> that's pretty harsh, isn't it? Uh, I trust, trust me, that's not what I'm coming from. Tonight, I was, and in fact, I really actually wasn't planning on using the scripture, but over the yesterday and this morning, God just showed me some stuff in it that I think is really good because where we are is, is in the life of the church. Um, what we all need to be now is, is, a, is reproducers, right? And we, we can't just be uh, kids anymore, we can't just be. Uh, the, the, the next person down, the saints who go and do, do the work. I'm going to talk about that as well. But we can't just be that person now. We need to be the people that reproduce saints. Amen. Do you know what I'm saying? So if you don't know what the, why, what the word saints is about, it's in Equip, uh, Equipers chapter 4, verse 3. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. Bit of heresy right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. So now these are the gifts given to the church, the apostles, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, uh, for the equipping of the saints. So when I say the word saints, it just means us. Amen. Amen. So I, I want to just talk a little bit through Matthew chapter 25. And I just God revealed some stuff to me. And so um, 
I pray you'll get this because we do need to be the reproducers now. We need to, we need to be leaders of leaders uh, without going into it. Uh, you know, uh, we know Moses and Jethro had a good chat about when Moses was having a, his trying to do everything. And the, the thing was that in that passage of Scripture, it's not about Moses getting upset. What it is about is the strategy to set it up so that scalability can happen. And I, I know that as a church, we need to set ourselves up so for scalability. If we don't now start thinking the way of I need to be a reproducer and I need to be a, um, a, a leader as such to reproduce culture and reproduce people underneath us, or it's not really underneath us, alongside us, because I see this as just one big can-can train, whatever, standing next to each other. You can do the moves, I'm not. But we need to start, I think, getting the mindset that we are here to reproduce. Uh, reproduce leaders, people on team, and all that sort of stuff. And so Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 to 30. Um, if you don't know this passage of Scripture, that's okay. Um, I don't want to read the whole thing out, but I'll just give you the quick, um, the quick rundown. It says the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, it can be illustrated like this. So, so a master comes and he gives one person five talents or, excuse me, um, five amounts of money uh, to, to, to use. And he comes to another person and he gives two uh, amounts of money. Um, and he comes to another person and he gives them one uh, amount. And, and it does say in there, it says, according to their ability. I praise God that he knows our ability. Uh, don't don't feel like because you may think you're a two talent person that the person with the five uh, talent person is greater or bigger than you. Uh, don't 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 think that way at all. Well, think just I, I just like to think God knows our ability because the great thing is if you have the right attitude, you still reproduce and you still get the same result, which was a hundredfold return. So anyway, they have this discussion and so they get these talents and. And one goes and invests it, and uh, that's the fifth to five, and then and, and five more uh, reproduce, and so they've got ten. And the person with two goes and works with it, and then another two comes, and the person with one buries it in the ground, does nothing with it because they were scared that of life. They were scared they'd bring a bad report, all that sort of stuff. Okay, cool. That's the short parable, short version. And... Um, I like it at the end, it says, you know, uh, verse 21, The master, full of praise, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Um, I love the Bible, um, but when I, I like watching NBA and I like watching movies, and it didn't say I'm going to give you more time to do that. It says I'm going to give you more responsibilities. Uh, praise the Lord that he, I think the mindset that we need to understand is that, man, God's prepared to give us something and he wants to give us more responsibility and that and it does take faith. But anyway, going back to where I want to start with is, is the first guy. And when I was reading through this in my translation, the New Living Translation, I did go and check it in others and it is a little bit more similar. But in my translation, there's different words that are used. And I was just thinking about it and asking God about it. And so there's the first one here, it says that uh, he, in verse 16, the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. I, I want to just talk about investment. Um, I'm not going to ask you if you've got any investments. Uh, and, you know, on the stock exchange or maybe you've got a business and you're invested in your business. But when it comes to investment, we're really talking about what are we prepared to trust? Um, I've, never, I've never had any, any stocks on the stock market. But I'm thinking that when I bec if, if I was to buy, and, and you don't need to correct me now because I hopefully won't go too far away from what we're talking about, but if I was to go and buy investments into Air New Zealand, um, I'm not then going to be able to go and tell them that I think they should paint their planes green. Who knows, that's never going to happen anyway. 
But no, I've just invested in it. And then they, I trust Air New Zealand's board. I trust, I trust them to make the right decisions. I'm investing in it because of their track record. I'm investing in it. You know, there's, uh, there's something that I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to trust them with my investment. And it's interesting that in, in the New Living Translation, it says that the first person invested their money. I, I think one of the things when it comes to this church and who we are, and from a leadership point of view, we've got to learn how to invest ourselves into leadership and to serving in the life of the church. Now, I know I'm talking to leaders. I know I'm already talking to people who serve in the life of the church, but we've got to think of it from a way of, I need to reproduce this. So when we're talking to other people about being on E-team, what are we talking about? We're actually saying, hey, why don't you invest yourself in this? And when we invest, when we put our trust and, and it's faith, it is faith, Right? Because when, you know, when I, um, I haven't, and I don't know if I'm going to, but if I was ever going to invest in something, I've got to put my faith in that as well. But I'm choosing to invest in to the church. Why? Because I love the local church. I believe in the church. The Bible tells me that Christ is the bride of the church, that, that the Jesus is coming back for the church. And so I'm sold out for the church. And I pray that we are sold out for the church as well. You know, a little while we've been talking about the, 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 the different mountains. Uh, so you may have heard a little bit of this language, but not a whole lot of, the, of this language. But, you know, the mountain of education, the mountain of uh, health, the mountain of sport. Uh, anyone know what I'm talking about? Just flick your hand up. Cool. Cool. Here's the thing is is it comes, from my point of view, those mountains come from a place of the local church. They, they don't influence the local church. The local church influences those mountains. Amen. We've got to get that out of, in, in the right perspective because uh, we come from a local church point of view. We come from the body of Christ point of view. And then we go and so we invest body of Christ. We come into the body of Christ. We're part of the body of Christ. And then we can, like God calls people who have those skills to invest in those areas. Cool. But it comes from the local church. And so when this person said, uh, they went and invested, they put their trust in, they had faith in it, and they put their belief in it as well. I pray that as a church, as we go into next year, uh, we, are, we are looking for people who we can help communicate with, get alongside, say, hey, come on, why don't you invest in the local church? Because the local church is what Jesus is all about. He's, uh, amen. And so uh, let's invest um, here's the thing is, investment means that you're using your resources. Yeah. <laughs> you right? I, I, I can't go and borrow Ryan's resources and invest it for him. Well, I, maybe I could, but, <laughs> but I don't know if it will work out too good. Uh, I'm, I, I'm the one that, if I'm going to have skin in the game, we're the ones that invest in. And then like, so when it comes to even financially, you know, tithing's a no-brainer because that's not even investing. That's actually returning to God and, and aligning our lives with the Bible and bringing our tithe into the storehouse. So that's not a problem. But when it comes to miracle offering, Desiree and I, we're investing. We're investing. We love the local church. We're investing. And, and I'm not saying this to manipulate or anything, but, uh, you know, we're in this. We, we're putting skin in the game here. Uh, and, and this is not a boast, but I just want you guys to know that. Um, and, and again, language to reproduce is, you know, we, we, we always love giving. And, uh, you know, I pray, uh, I actually pray we might slip down a little bit. <laughs> because I believe of, of the Lord bringing millionaires into the life of the church. But, you know, currently Desiree and I are in the, in the top two or three givers in the life of the church. Why? Because we're investing ourselves from a financial point of view into it. Now, it's not, I'm, not, it's not, I'm not trying to hammer the financial 
perspective tonight, I just want to say, you know, let's put skin in the game. When it comes to our time, we're invested. You're like, oh, well, you get paid to do it. Well, uh, if you want me to stop at 40 hours, if you want Desiree to stop at 40 hours, uh, I think we might get to Thursday, Wednesday, <laughs> uh, and then we'll relax for the rest of the week. No, but we're not about that. And, I'm, and again, I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm just going to say we're invested in the local church. Yeah, we, we get the time to do it. But here's the thing is, if, we, if we're all invested in the local church, we influence our mountains from it. Amen. So a lot of the time, I think we have, what do we put first in life? What's our first investment? Uh, uh, you know, work. Hey, now that's a priority. Don't get me wrong. I believe in work. We've got to work. We've got to survive. We've got to, but is that the first priority? I believe in the local church. I believe that, that Christ needs to, we, we've got to align ourselves with God. And again, so I, I just say, Come on, let's, what are we investing into? Um, because I believe that, that when we invest into the right things, we will get a return. We will get a return. And that's what this person did. They invested into the right things. It doesn't tell us what they invested into, but just says they invested. I, I think there's something we can learn from investing ourselves into the local church. Amen? Awesome. Next thing. Uh, next thing that I, uh, that I just was reading along, it says this. Let's praise the Lord for this one. Verse 17 is, The servant with the two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. Here's the thing. Church life is work. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, and again, remember, I'm talking about our language to reproduce. When it comes to church, It's busy. It really is busy. Why? Because we're passionate about it. Why? Because we believe in it. Why? Because we want to create environments to, to bring people to church. We want to create envi- e-groups, great environment. Hey, well, maybe don't come to church. Why don't you just come around and have, have a coffee? And we, we, we do talk a little bit about the Bible and we pray a little bit, but that, don't worry, that's not going to scare you. You know, just the e-groups environment. We've heard testimonies of people coming to e-group, getting saved, and then actually coming to church. Praise the Lord. But here, church life is work. And, and, and I'll get to it in a minute, but I want to thank you all. But church life is work. It says the person with the two bags of silver, he went and worked. Um, and, and I want to thank you. Oh, I, mean, I, I feel like doing it now. I really want to thank you all for the work that you've put in. I thank you that you haven't done it for me and Desiree first, because I pray that you haven't. I pray that you've done it to glorify God. I thank you that you've served the vision and who Desiree and I are. But I thank you that you've worked. You know, you've worked hard. Over the last two years, even going back when we've done double services in the morning, and we've and just recently, uh, uh, two months ago maybe, dropped them back to one in the morning and one at night. See, that's still, it's still work because we're going, hey, at lunchtime, why don't you invite someone around? But it's, it's work, but it's not work. You know what I mean? It's something that is part of the vision of like, that's what your house, my house is about. It's like, oh, you know, I mean, who wants to get paid? Or who want, well, not paid, but you like, who wants to go to work where you sit down and have lunch? That's great work. It's a great job. But we do it, why? Because it's part of the culture, part of who we are, part of the vision of wanting to reach out. Uh, you know, and that's why we say, hey, why don't you come along to church and then we'll have lunch together or something like that. What is it? It's work. But also when we're serving, great, you know, out of the hospitality team, they do a great job. You're going to experience some of the work later on, you know. Um, even the team that ex- added to the hospitality team the last couple of weekends and this last weekend were doing the curry and the Brazilian barbecue. Did you see how hard they were working? They were working hard, and it was delicious. Thank you very much, everyone involved. But church life is work, and that's not a bad thing. And so, again, I just want to say, when we work and we put our effort in the right place, you will get a return. Desiree and I, when we bring our kids out to the morning and to the night service, and it's a long day on Sunday, and we get home around um, quarter to eight, we, we throw some two-minute noodles down the kids' throats just to, just to appease them. 
definitely not nutritional value or anything like that. Um, and then, then we throw them into bed, or then we'll tuck them into bed, tuck them in, <laughs> staple them into bed. Um, and, and then we sit down, 8.30, I think Jake and Justine can experience something like this. You probably feed your kids a whole lot better than two-minute noodles, but not sure about some of the others. But um, here's the thing is, that's a long day for the kids, right? Where am I getting for this? We pray. Desiree and I pray, we say, Lord, redeem this time for our kids. May they wake up in the morning with a supernatural sleep. May they wake up ready for Monday. May they wake up ready for school. May they know favor and blessing because they're in the house of God. And they do. They really do. They wake up refreshed. Yeah, they're still kids, don't get me wrong. But they, we've just seen it. We've just seen God redeem that time. Um, but it's work. Church life is work, but when you, when you invest into it, when you put work into it, you will get a reward. We will get a reward. Amen? Amen. Here's the thing. It's like work can be one of those words that, that has a connotation with, ah, oh, because we, we go to work during the week and we want to rest in the weekend. But let's read out Ephesians chapter 4 and let's hear what it says. I'm just going to turn to it because I want to get it correct. I wrote it out, but I think I wrote it out in about three translations. All right. Are we all good? Not too warm in here? Not too sleepy? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. Now these are the gifts of Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. Excuse me. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Our job is actually to equip people to do God's work. Now, it's not just Sunday. It's obviously in in our life as well, in our worlds that we live in. But our job is to equip people to do work. It shouldn't be a, a, a foreign idea that church is work. Church is, is time. It's good work. You know, when you get to stand next to someone and have a coffee and communicate and, and, and build a relationship with someone, that's good work. When you get to pray and minister over young kids or over people who are, who are, who are at the altar hurting, that's good work. And when you, when you get to go and serve someone some meals um, and take uh, flowers around because someone's hurt themselves or something, that is good work. Uh, you know, it's not all just pushing boxes around in production, heavy lifting. It's good work, amen? Amen. Here's the thing. Uh, God has called us to work, and he's called us to work hard, I believe. You know, he's called us to work smart, but he's called us to work hard, putting effort in to where God's called us to work. It's going to, uh, I, I know one thing, that the next season of life is going gonna, is gonna to take work. We've got to be smart about it. But God's going to, I believe there's going to be a harvest from it. And so I pray you do too. I pray that, you know, I know we're getting to the end of the year. It's like, praise the Lord. Everyone's done their Christmas shopping. Everyone's booked their Christmas holiday. Everyone's finished, mainly have got all their jobs done. And you're just going to ease your way into Christmas. Anyone? (laughs) Just one person. I believe you as well. (laughs) But... I know you're ready for a rest, and you're supposed to rest. We are supposed to rest. The Lord worked six days, and he rested one. He's got it sorted out. We've got to figure out how to do life in six days, including our jobs, including the church, including everything. How do we do it in six days, and how do we rest for one? Because if you do it right and you get it in line with how God's done it, you'll thrive. You will be able to do what he's called you to do. So I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> Here's the thing. I didn't want to... Please don't focus on the lazy part of these scriptures because I really I don't want to talk about laziness. Focus on the other parts. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, it says, Lazy people are um, soon poor, hard workers get rich. That's a good scripture. 
It's a good scripture. It's not about, it's about people who work hard will get rewarded. That's a good scripture, amen? Don't carry a poverty mindset. Go, you know, I'm going to work hard. I believe I'm going to get a blessing. That's biblical. I tell you what, I don't work hard believing that I'm going to not get nothing. <laughs> I pray you don't as well. Uh, Proverbs chapter 12, 11, it says, Hard work has... Uh, hard workers have, has, have plenty of food, but a person who chooses um, fantasy has no sense. It's like we can dream as much as we want, but sometimes we just got to work. Sometimes we just got to put the rubber to the road. Um, Proverbs twelve twenty four it says this, Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Again, I like that scripture because it says, work hard and become a leader. What's the reward? What was the reward in Matthew chapter 25? It says, what more responsibility? Kind of again, let's desire to take on more responsibility. Do I like that scripture? No, because it means I've got to trust God more. I've got to invest more and I've got to work more. But the reward is going to be more. Amen. Amen. The reward is going to be more. And then I like this, and I think you're going to like this as well. I pray you're going to like this. Go back to Matthew 25. So I know you've invested. I know you've worked hard, and you have done amazing. And I believe there's a you know, short little run now into Christmas. We're not going to take the pedal off the gas. We're going to run into it hard. We're going to believe, we're going to believe that you know, the second time in a year that people come out to church, God's going to move in their life. Uh, amen. And so you've done, uh, as again, Desiree and I can't be more proud of how you, how, what we're doing as a church together. But I think this is really important. It says in verse 21, The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Uh, let's celebrate together. Many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. I want this to become a stronger culture in the life of the church is celebration. Amen. We've got to learn how to celebrate a whole lot better. We, we, in the Kiwi culture, we're like, hey, yeah, that was good. Good job. You know, fist pump. That's about it. It really is, isn't it? We live in that. How, how often do you really get uh, encourage or, or celebrate what God has been doing. I think, you know, we've got to learn how to celebrate even more. I like what it says in Luke chapter 15 with the story of the prodigal son. Verse 23, it says, Come, let us celebrate for the son of mine was lost. So whenever someone gets redeemed, whenever someone gets restored, well, heaven celebrates. We've got to be good at celebrating, you know, because why? We invest hard. We work hard. I reckon we've got to celebrate hard, you know, and that's like, and in your e-group, celebrate everything, you know, celebrate your aunties, uncles, cousins, cats' birthday. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know if you're running out of ideas, but, but come on, let's celebrate what God is doing. Celebrate the success Celebrate the uh, falling, uh, failing forward. Yeah. Amen. No one really likes failing, but just remember you're always failing forward. That's a Jürgen Matthesius quote. You never fail backwards, you fail forward. When, you, when a mistake happens, don't let it get on top of you. You learn how to take that and take that forward. Come on, you can celebrate that. We can celebrate that. As a church, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. You know, how do you want to celebrate? You know, how, this is how I reckon we should celebrate, is blessing one another. How often do we bless one another? Do we stand next to someone and pray with them just to bless them? We often will pray for someone because they need prayer or they are asking for something. But should not we be praying for a blessing? Should we not be going, you know what? You're awesome. Thank you so much for being a great friend or thank you for doing this or thank you for serving. Can I just bless you? That's a great way to celebrate. And I'm even looking around now and eyes are lighting up going, man, that's a good idea. 
It's God's idea, not mine. But let's bless people. Let's pour out. Let's, you know, nothing like getting someone up. And I love it when people pray for me. I really do. And I, and I love praying for people as well. But just like there's no agendas. It's just, Lord, bless. Lord, pour out your favour over this person. Why? Because prayer is power. We can think it, which is okay, but when we actually go and we, we bless someone and we pray for someone, uh, I, I pray. Come on, let's celebrate as a church. Let's celebrate what God is doing. And, and at the end of the uh, vision night tonight, uh, we're going to celebrate. Uh, we're going to celebrate with brownie and ice cream. Thanks, Jen. But we're going to celebrate before that by blessing and just stirring up and pouring blessing out over this place. Amen. Here's the thing. In Zechariah 14, verses 18 to 19, it says this, As the people of Egypt refuse attending the festival, the Lord will punish the, uh, um, them with the same plagues that He has uh, sends on the other nations who refuse to. Egypt and the other nations will be punished if they do not go to celebrate the festival of shelters which I think is also the festival of the tabernacle. If the Lord is going to punish a nation for not celebrating, should we not celebrate? I think this is something that we really have to push into. And I believe it's going to be something that people are going to be attracted to when we learn how to celebrate the success of one another, when we learn how to go, man, your e-group is doing amazing. How do you do that? How do you do that? Show me. Oh, man, can, can you pray with me about it? Can, can I just bless you for it? Oh, let's learn how to celebrate. Amen? I think we need her. I like a good celebration. Let's celebrate. Man, this year has been an amazing year. It's been a learning year. I think every year is going to be a learning year. But come on, let's celebrate what God's done. You know, e-groups growing. People getting saved, people getting healed, people getting breakthroughs, uh, lots and lots of different testimonies, people getting jobs, um, heaps of things, people getting healed, lots of things to celebrate. Amen? Amen. So that's, I just wanted to share that tonight just because we are at the point where we need to reproduce. We need to start looking for people. We start need to, needing to get more leaders. We need to start seeing more e-groups happen. We need to get more people who, who love talking and communicating with people and working a whole system and all that. We just, we just need more. <laughs> but I, I pray that there's something that is in you that says, you know what, I, I, again, I'm going to have a rest at Christmas time if, you're, if this is the time of year that you rest. But... Over this time, I'm going to pray about where God wants me to invest, where God wants me to work, and where I'm going to celebrate again next year. So I just want to say from me and Desiree, um, thank you, truly. I know there's a lot of young adults that have gone home and who serve in different uh, areas as well. Um, but thank you. Uh, I could go through every row and name all of you personally and just say thank you um, because it's important. Without you, God doesn't get the glory he deserves. The new people that are coming into the life of the church, the broken, because you had a conversation, because you opened the door, because you made a cup of coffee, because you served in the parents' room, because you served out in pips, because you served out in kids, because you served in the worship team, because you ministered on Sunday, because you passed someone a cheese and cracker, because you got a van and went and picked up a whole lot of youth that smell, <laughs> because you bought them deodorant. No, that's... That's, net, that's work right there, anyway. But seriously, because you took the time, you know. I, I want to honour Chris and Ray. Because there's someone in the life of this church 
who's getting looked after undercoverly. So I've just exposed you guys. But I just know that that person's getting ministered to every day because they chose, and, and also Ivan, other people, they chose to go, hey, we're going to get around this person and we're going to make sure someone visits them every day. Uh, we know about the three muffins that Ivan took for each of them. I want to honour you guys because of you, someone was ministered to. And that's what, I like, that's what church, come on, let's celebrate that. And the men's group. That's just one. It's, it's Really, it is. It's, it's just one example of what you guys are doing and what we are doing as a church. You know, I like what Pastor Sam says. When, when, when the tide comes in to the harbour, all the ships rise. You know, when, when, when we see someone putting the effort in like that, everyone celebrates. We don't just go, oh, good on them. No, if you need help if that's your attitude. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's other areas, people just not giving up on people and praying for them and connecting with them and just seeing them come back into the life of the church. What's that? It's because of you. It's because of who you are. It's because you're investing. It's because you're working. And I just believe we've got to, we've got to see more people uh, come into the life of the church. Why? Because I just see there's so much more of Dunedin that we can see so much more. You know, I can tell you right now, Tammy and Jason need more family e-groups. They run three. Is it three? Two. Almost three. Every week. But there's enough people for three, yeah. Every week they run two e-groups. That's work. They both have full-time jobs. Because of them, families are getting ministered to. And again, I, I, I wish I had the time to go around every single one of you, Hayden, Linda, GMAC, you know, Felicity, everyone. I could, you know, because of you, I know there's, or well, we hear testimonies. But it's because everyone is investing, everyone's believing into the local church. And so, Father, I want to pray right now over every person. I pray, Holy Spirit, that they would know the rest of the Lord. They would know the rest of your Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says in James that not to worry about anything, but to pray about everything. And the peace of the Holy Spirit will descend. I pray, Heavenly Father, your peace over every person, over every family. And again, I prophesy it like the oil on Aaron's beard, Lord. It's going to run down. There's favor on these families. It's not just going to run down in generations. It's going to go run up in generations. And I'm speaking to the Lord and I'm prophesying into areas where, where people have come from non-Christian homes. But the oil is going to run upwards. It's going to run up into their parents. It's going to run up to grandparents. And so, Lord, I pray and I declare your blessing over every person. I declare your favor over every person. I declare, Lord, that your strength and peace over every person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to just share quickly about where we're going and just some thoughts about the vision and, and where we are and who we are in the life of the church. As I said, the vision's not going to change um, as very much at all, but I think I can expand it for you a little bit tonight. Um, there's, there's three areas going into next year that I want to, I believe that God is calling us into. There's, um, the first area is a, a prayer culture. The first area is a prayer culture. In the life of the church, we're really good at serving. We're really good at doing lots of things. But as a church, we don't corporately uh, have a, a prayer uh, time. We do have prayer. You know, um, there are some prayer meetings that go on. But next year, I really want to create a, a corporate prayer. And it's something that, um, as Pastor Sam was talking about, and I was like, man, this is resonating with my spirit because I've been going, we've got to get, we've got to get prayer stirred up. 
in the life of the church. And for a long time, they've been doing prayer at 8.15 on a Tuesday morning. And uh, they just do it from 8.15 to 9 every Tuesday. And, and uh, you know what, we're just going to join with that. And in fact, um, what we're thinking just with a little bit of technology is that we might try and live stream on the screen all the different locations around New Zealand and around the world internationally as well. They're going to start it on a Monday night, which just links with the same time. And so that, that we're going to come together at this time globally and pray all together corporately. And I, I just believe, you know, even if it wasn't, even if that wasn't happening, I think as a church corporately to come together and pray um, every Tuesday from 8.15 to 9. And again, why am I saying this now is because uh, I know people have got jobs. I know that. But hey, maybe it's a possibility to organise your work around a prayer meeting. I'm not saying you have to. But I'm saying, what would happen if a group of people just decided to get together and to pray and put, put God and put, organize this first and, and then the rest of our life? I believe that your, your workplace, your ministry would be blessed. So anyway, that's your decision. We're going to start doing that at 8.15 every Tuesday morning. And also, um, again, corporately, uh, to make it maybe a little bit easier uh, we're going to do once a month on a Monday night from 7 to 8 down here in church. We're going to link with the creative team. We'll have some worship at the same time, but we're going to pray. And again, we're going to do that corporately across um, the globe. Amen. Isn't that cool language? To pray, connecting around the globe. The guys in Italy, the guys in Rio, guys in Calcutta will be linking in. And again, just to hear testimony and to pray together. So I really believe in the culture of prayer. It says in Matthew chapter 6, when you pray. Yeah. <laughs> when you pray. So don't you think we need to pray? And so I believe we've had a heart of prayer. But I'm just saying next year, from a culture point of view, we want to have a prayer culture. You know, every time I'm even hearing from Stacey now, and maybe I'm going to let, the, let it out of the box. She's like, yeah, you are. But she's saying, oh, have you already told them? Oh, so I am. Anyway, so she's even saying, you know what? I want our team to meet at 8.45 so that we can pray together. And then at 9, we can organize what we're doing. And at 9.15, we'll have communion with everyone and all that. And I'm like, hey, cool, man. If that's in your heart and that's what your team's ready for, let's, let's do it. So, so you know what I mean? If, if, and I guess really, let's think of it this way. If we're not praying... Whose strength are we doing then? Amen. And, and so, again, uh, a culture of prayer. We know as a Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, right? 7, verse 14. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I didn't look it up. <laughs> if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will hear their voice and I will heal their land. That's again, it's a big if. Come on, let's be a church that prays. Let's be a church that prays. Let's be a church that believes. Let's be, again, I, I shared the story when I was talking to Thampia in, in Kolkata, which is Banu's dad. He's planted over 4,000 churches. He just says, prayer is power. Will, prayer is power. Got it. And it's just true. Prayer is power. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> it is. I'm, like, I'm not messing with you. <laughs> but it is. It's just true. Prayer is power. Oh, let's be a church known for the power of God. Let's be a church that prays. Amen. Um, the next thing, we're good. Plenty of time. Um, a, a, a culture, a, a, a faith culture. A faith culture is similar, but it's different. Um, who are we trusting in? When it comes to even the language that I'm talking about, maybe there's people in this room have, who have never raised up or reproduced leaders. Here's the thing. It's going to take faith to do that. How do we do that? I'll, I'll be honest with you tonight. I've never led a church larger than 400. Never. Just haven't. 
Uh, we did a, Desiree and I led a church to 320 in Masterton. And now we're a church currently of just under 400 in Dunedin. I need, to, I have faith. Don't get me wrong. I have faith for God to show me how to lead a church of 800. Because that's what our declaration is. Desiree and I, we've been praying, Lord, we are going to be a church of 800 next year. <laughs> that's what we're praying. Lord, we're going to be a church of 800 next year. Because that's faith. That is faith. Why, why are we, I've never, ever been about numbers. Never. But I'm like, you know what? No. I'm not just going to get on the train and hopefully it's like gets up to a bit of speed and goes along and every now and then we'll get a downhill moment and it'll create some speed and we'll, we'll get there faster. Now, I, I just now there's just something in my spirit that says, you know what? We've got to see Dunedin saved. At the current rate that we're seeing the church grow, uh, we're not going to see Dunedin. I'm not going to see Dunedin saved. That means the prophetic words that people have spoken, I've got to, well, what am I going to do with them? I want to prophesy, I want to do what I can, I'm going to believe and I'm going to have faith. Who are we trusting and where do we need Jesus? I'm needing Jesus in my leadership ability. I'm just sharing that out front right now here. But where are you needing Jesus with? What are you believing? What are you trusting Him for? Whether Here's the thing. Uh, it's not even just in church. It's not just in church. It's in your world. Because... Because that's the vision of the church. If you want to know the vision of the church is reach your world. <laughs> that is the vision of the church. I have my world and currently I'm trying to expand the reach of my world because most of my world is filled with Christians, saved people. So my job is to help equip and motivate and encourage them. But I'm also trying to find people who are non-saved. Non you know, currently tonight I'm thinking about going down to the union lawn because the guy who cuts my hair likes dancing with fire. And there's a whole lot of people down there. And I said, man, that'd be quite crazy to see. I might just pop down there and go and see it. Right? Why? Because I'm expanding my world uh, to try and... I'm not going to start bringing in fire dancers or anything like that. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Woo. Anyway. But I'm trying to... I'm using by faith, trying to reach people... Not in my world. Last, this beginning of this year, I coached Ollie's football team. Football! Not even, just at least, Lord, give me a rugby team. At least I know a bit about rugby. It's like this football, there's ball, there's a net, kick it in the net. Yeah, that's my coaching, all in one. But no, why? Because we're getting to know people. We're getting out of the reach. I need faith. I'm trusting God to help me get into my world. So let's have a, a church that has a culture of faith. Not just, hey, let's turn up today to worship God. No, who am I bringing or who have I worked on to bring this week? Who am I praying to believe for salvation? And what person am I encouraging or mentoring into leading into leadership? So it takes faith. Why? Because that's the goal, isn't it? More responsibility. Matthew 25 says, hey, well done. More responsibilities coming your way. You're like, great. Why? Because it puts the challenge on us. But we're supposed to live by faith, right? We're supposed to live by faith. So, yeah, faith, a culture of faith. Because why? God gives grace to the humble. We, humbly, we accept the call of God on our Did I, did, I don't know, did we ever think this is going to, this is what it was like? No. Do we... We, we, we love serving God, and so we humbly do what He calls us to do. And uh, I pray that you would also pick up the mantle that God's calling you to do, to reach your world for Jesus. Um, the last, the third thing, uh, so the prayer culture, faith culture. The next year, I really pray that we are a vision culture. What do I mean by a vision culture? Um, you know, we want to... Again, reach the world for Jesus. Reach our worlds for Jesus. That's the vision of the church. You know, I, have, I hear stories like uh, from Nicole and Anna's flat about their, their, uh, their flatmate who's praying for a job and they hear about how Anna's praying for a job and, and Anna gets the job and the flatmate's like, huh, well, that's nice, isn't it? And uh, they go like, well, do you want us to pray for you? And she's like, oh, I suppose... Can't 
what is it, might help or something like that. And so they're praying for her and what happens? You know the, you know the story better than me. They made her a position. So like, oh, I, so I guess prayer works, doesn't it? You know, that's, 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 a cult, that's a vision culture. Why? Because we're reaching our worlds for Jesus. Um, and believe in your world as well. Um, again, what do I mean by vision culture? You know what? Shark Conference, that's part of the vision of the church. I really want to encourage you all to go to Shark Conference. It doesn't matter uh, how old you are. It's not a youth conference. It's a leadership conference. Uh, we're, but we're all about the next generations. But I love seeing people. Um, you know, I love seeing, you know, please, this is not disrespectful, but I see Yolanda and Roland up there, um, you know, getting into the praise and worship. And, and it's, yeah, yeah, it is loud. It's a bit loud. But, you know, earplugs work well. But what, what are they doing? They're getting, they're capturing the vision. They're, they're coming back then when, you know, when they're talking about it. Yeah, come along to it. You know, they stayed close by and they had a great time. So just a vision culture is, is getting in behind Shout Conference. You know, getting in behind Equip Her. You know, the vision of, of our national leader is that he wants Equip Her to help and stir up ex-churches all around our nation. And so they're doing one location in the North Island, one location in the South Island next year, and it's in Christchurch. Pastor Desiree is heading it up. But, um, but we're, we're wanting to, I think we need to learn how to, you know, put it in our diaries, get in behind it, go, you know, this is going to be a ladies' weekend away. Um, no, no obstacle is going to be too hard. We're going to do as much as we can to put things in place. Same with Stronger, the men's conference. Um, again, um, similar uh, strategy is one location. And so we're going to go to Christchurch and, and we just get to do the road trip. And uh, trust me, me and Michael will do the road trip this year. <laughs> For those who don't know, we, we snuck to the airport and flew to Christchurch, and it was the worst flight of our life. I've never seen someone throw up on a plane until that flight. I looked across at Mike on, I've never seen someone so green in my entire life. He would have looked at me and he would have seen me green. And I was holding the roof going, please, Lord, land, please. Anyway, so, so if there's a road trip on the menu, do a road trip. Amen. Amen. But a vision culture. Come on, let's get in behind. Uh, shout conference. Equip her. It's two times a year where, when we're not just about equippers, but we're about ex churches in uh, New Zealand as well. Um, so yeah, a prayer culture, faith culture, and a vision culture. Are the three areas that I really want us to uh, celebrate into next year. The other thing that we're going to do next year is is around Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And over the past few years, uh, we've, done a, we've done a good job of, um, you know, trust Justine and the team and have done a good job of foundations and DNA and, and all that sort of stuff. And uh, it's been really great. It's been good. But there's so much more basics to teach. We were only, we identified, we were only scratching the surface really from a leadership point of view, from a, from a new Christian's point of view. And so we're just working through some stuff at the moment and we're going to roll it out next year. But uh, what we're wanting to do is uh, on a Sunday after the morning service is, is create a space that is a teaching space. And so the four, for four Sundays in the month after each service, they, they're going to be different courses um, that will roll around and they'll just roll around. The same person's not going to be teaching them all because we want to create a variety. But it's just expanding on DNA. It's going to be expanding on um, foundations. It's going to get into stewardship. It's going to get into uh, forgiveness. It's going to talk more about um, baptism and the Holy Spirit. It's going to talk more about DNA, leadership, culture, all that sort of thing. So those things are going to be rolled out. I haven't fully got all the details at the moment, but that's what we're going to be working on and going from there as well. So because we want to, we really want to work on our teaching. We want to work on our equipping the saints for the work of the ministry.
Amen. Awesome. Um, just la- last thing, notice, look at this, finished before nine. Um, is T2 coming up next year? If you don't know what T2 is, T2 is the, is the name of our summer camp for the church. It's called T2 is Together Together. Um, it's a very creative name because that's, we, that's what we want. It's just about doing life together, together. It is in Queenstown. And uh, it's going to run from the 23rd, the, the evening of the 23rd, through to, the, uh, to just before lunch on the 25th. So it's two nights this year, and uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of praise and worship together, hanging out with one another, really believing for it. We, we're, we're basically taking the price of the camp and passing it on. We're not inflating any costs or anything, so and the, the camp is actually quite good. They 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 do quite good prices, and so we're going to keep as it as as realistic as possible. More more information is going to come out about it, but um, it's the last week of the school holidays, so kids are all, all still on holidays. It's a great way to finish the holidays to get together as a church and and just really get get ready for the year. So uh, that that's on the twenty third through to the 25th. Cool? And uh, you, there will be options because it is staying at the um, Calvin Heights uh, Christian camp there and uh, there will be sharing of bunks, uh, dormitories and all that sort of stuff. And so if you want to have an off-site accommodation, I'm sure we can work something about that. There's a Hilton down the other end. <laughs> <laughs> Book a room for me as well. I'll be coming along. No. <laughs> um, that's cool. Amen. So um, one last thing before we, we pray for one another is um, it's not it's, it's, it's nothing um, massive. It's it's actually it's really it's I think it's very exciting um, for for Justine, Pastor Justine. Um, for some of you uh, know of Pastor Justine has been uh, on on staff in the life of the church, fulfilling a, a role and doing a fantastic job. Um, but some of you may have heard that she's uh, transitioning, um, not to being on staff, and um, that's not because of any issues. <laughs> uh, it's because I'm going to get her to come and share in a second. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, she's, I'm sure she can explain it a whole better than me. So oh, why don't you just come and share? I'll fumble along, I'll say something. Yeah, so um, probably midway through this year, I started to realise that I was running at a bit of an unsustainable pace um, that worked like my life. Um, I started to go to God and say, how do I do this? How do I do the role I'm doing in church, the role in business, be a mum and stay and able to keep at this pace. And essentially, normally I'd expect God to give me a strategy, and um, but he didn't. And I was like, well, then... Now what, God? And really sensed him, you know, took it to him and pursued him about it and actually felt like he was saying in the next season that she was supposed to partner with Jake in the business alone and to come off staff. Um, so I have resigned and trust in God that that's the best thing. Um, and and Pastor Will and the team are just working out exactly who takes on my role. So I'm sure you'll hear about that as they figure it out. Um, but essentially what I want you to hear from me is I'm still here. I'm still a pastor. I'm still 100% for the church. Church for Pastor Will and Desiree and what they're doing. Um, love it and love being a part of this church. I'm just not on staff. So that's essentially what it is. Um, and I'm a little bit scared about the next season because God hasn't told me everything, but um, it's an excited scared. It's a faith step. So, um, and I know God. Um, it is, you know, if I obey Him, then it always works out for the best. So. Thank you. You've I think it's also, um, I think you all know that uh, Justine uh, is a mature Christian um, and she's processed this really, really well. She's, she's, she's come and, well, obviously she's talked to her husband, I, I'm assuming. No. Um, but she, she came and talked to us about it as well and, and worked it through in a really healthy and a really good journey. And so, um, you know, uh, it's, I, I think it's exciting um, change always creates uh, possibilities. Um, we really do know that, you know, as again, she's still going to be here. Um, and I've already told her I know her phone number. 
So <laughs> she might change it, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but very much still a credentialed ex-church minister. She's part of the life of the church. She's still doing what she does um, from a partial point of view. But also, um, so her role um, from the caring connection side of things uh, is she still cares about you. Um, but uh, from a facilitating and an admin role, you don't need to call her and you don't need to email her. Um, I think that's good for me to say that as well because she's doing something else now. Um, she still does care about you, but as our, our, we will find a, uh, a replacement and we'll get someone in that. And Care and Connection, don't worry, will still happen in the life of the church. And so, um, uh, and, and we, we will find an appropriate place and time to uh, honour her for the work that she's done on staff um, as well. And so... Um, yeah, so thank you, Justine, for all that you're doing. And uh, we know the next season for both you and Jake is going to be exciting. Uh, great peer um, and what you do. Jake's still doing a great job, being an elder and a trustee in the life of the church. Nothing's changed there, so you can ring and email him as much as you like. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just I want to esteem you guys. You, you have done a, a – you are doing – and I know you're following God's footsteps – um, and so uh, it's quite, it's like, it's not really, it's not even a goodbye thing. It's like, it's just a change, you know, because like I still expect so much of you. So, <laughs> but um, oh, they're awesome because they're not going anywhere. They're just, it's just a change. It's just, and so they're still awesome and, and they're still very much alive and part of the church. And, and it's after nine o'clock, the filter's gone. <laughs> so um, bless you guys Amen, alright Thank you for listening to this message Recorded at Equipus Church Dunedin We pray it blessed you For more information please visit EquipusChurch.com